0: A couple of statements for you it's the message is called experiencing grace and uh let me just throw some statements at you down through the centuries god has been restoring his truths to the church and it seems that the final truth is the person of jesus christ and all that he has accomplished on the cross you, you you've been under the influence of jesus culture music and um and they're mainly about the the revelation of who jesus is do you know that do you know that so They're not on about doctrine. They're not on about some teaching. They're on about Jesus. That's why the music hits you so hard. Wonderful job, uh, Katie and Jeff, on that song. Is that one of their songs? Is that the Jesus culture song? It's, yeah. Here's another statement. The revelation of the finished work of Jesus will get stronger and stronger in the end times. Are we in the end times? And man will begin to enjoy the full benefits of the new covenant of grace. This is a covenant of grace we're talking about. Another statement, Jesus did not die on the cross for us because any one of us deserved it, but he redeemed us with his very life, paid the price, gave himself up so that you and I can receive the abundance of grace, say the abundance of grace, and the gift of righteousness, say the gift of righteousness, to reign in life, say reign in life, God wants you to reign in life, get that, I'll I'll tease that out in a moment. Let's talk about this great gift of grace. Let's talk about it. 1 John one seventeen says this for the law was given through Moses, was given. And grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Did it say that up there? John 1.17. For the law, the tablets of stone that Moses walked down off Mount Sinai with, the Ten Commandments, came down off Mount Sinai, and God gave those laws and that word if you will, from a distance. He gave that law, and and it was at a distance. And Moses came down and said, guess what, guys, this is what God said. These are the laws. We've got to live under these laws to get the blessings of God. These are the laws. If you follow the laws, if you subscribe to the laws, if you do the laws, you will be blessed. Is that right in the Old Testament? Let's Let's get a handle of this. But then it says, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. So grace and truth literally come knocking at your door, just like the pizza guy, or just like any good news person. It literally, personally, Jesus comes in grace and truth and comes knocking on your heart, Emma, and knocks. It's not a, a, a dissonant thing, an impersonal thing. Some book didn't come to you and from, from some, no, he literally came by his spirit and knocked on your heart. Is that right? It's a personal thing. And Jesus came with grace, in truth, to bless you and to give to you salvation. Is that making sense? And if we get a handle on that, John 8.32 says, Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. It's very important we get a handle on who Jesus is and what he's done. Romans five seven says... For if by the trespass of one man... Who's the one man? That's Adam. He caused this cosmic conflict in the Garden of Eden. God gave him dominion over Eden. He said, you look after it. You behave yourself. I'm giving you authority. Now, if you look after that garden, just keep spreading it out and spread it out all over the earth and the world will be perfect. It will be like a paradise. So Adam and Eve were given this great responsibility to loose heaven on earth. Does that sit with you? Unfortunately, Adam was deceived, Eve was deceived, and they abdicated their role to bring God's will and God's blessings to the face of the earth. When he did that, he caused a crime, a crime of sin against God, which caused planet earth to be now in the sway of the evil one, Satan. Is this all right? You getting the handle of this? So everyone, including, unfortunately, even babies, are born into a corrupt world where there's sin ruling and reigning that can cause a lot of grief, sickness, poverty, lack, whatever, It's broken relationships. All that can be caused by this curse of, the Bible says in Romans 8, 1, the curse, uh, the law of sin and death, the law of sin and death. By the way, the, sore, the law of the sin and death is what the world is under right now and lets you come under the law of the spirit of life. Can I just have that scripture, thanks, of the Romans 8.1? I need to look at that just quickly. Let's just look at that just quickly. Have we got that up there now? Therefore, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the spirit of life, set me free from the law of sin and death. Now, the law of sin and death. What's this law of sin and death, Pastor Phil, as opposed to the law of life in God? The law of sin and death is an unfortunate law, a spiritual law that is on planet Earth. Whether you subscribe to it or not, you, we come under it if we don't recognize the free gift of salvation in Jesus. Amen? People will try and defy this natural law. People love to defy natural laws. I was looking at, unfortunately, a base jumper who defied, was an amazing defier of gravity by jumping off the highest points all over the world. Unfortunately, this one day, he got busy training his new recruits, and he got busy, and he was launching them off some high point and they all went down and lastly he was to throw himself off but he got entirely too caught up in the busyness of that lost a moment of concentration and on the way down I'm talking about base jumping but you know the parachute comes out eventually he unfortunately clipped uh, a cliff and he became a paraplegic and he apparently was and probably still is one of the great base jumpers in the world but you, and people love to defy, they love to defy natural laws. Is that right? Isn't it great when you can walk on water? Has anyone done that? No. I mean, that's a bad example. Nobody's done that. <laughs> but isn't it great when you're young, a man I'm talking to you, when you can jump across puddles, no, uh, <laughs> creeks, and you feel like, man, I can fly. Nothing can separate me from here to there. And we would, as kids, love to run and jump across canyons of six foot, maybe seven. (laughs) But it felt good to defy, didn't it, men? Boys, didn't it not? Or am I the only sort of. But it does. I've got this motocross track across the river from me, and they've just redesigned it, two days of working a machine. And I know, here we go, because we live over the road from this big property, and this guy, he reshapes his whole whole motocross track. And these guys, man, they fly around on some big motocross bikes, and they are jumping and tearing around and... (laughs) And they are defying the laws of gravity themselves. Extreme sports people are like that. And do you know what? There's people in the world that try and defy the, the laws, the spiritual laws of God, of, of, of sin and death, meaning that they would presume that they can get their bodies that healthy that they'll never be sick. But some of even the most healthy people do get sick. That they that they would defy the law of, of spiritual death, which is one of the, the laws of sin and death, that they presume that when they die, that actually they, they would go into some perfect nirvana utopia. I'm not sure where they're thinking they're going, but unfortunately they're going to meet Jesus It's appointed under man to die once, once only, then the judgment. We give an account for our life. But there's actually people who would try and defy this law of sin and death as it says in Romans 8, one, But it's when you, my friend, say, I don't think I actually can defy that. I think there is spiritual laws in the world, and I need, I need to transcend those laws. I need to be able to transcend sickness. Isn't it good when you transcend, you get on top of your sickness? Do you want sickness ruling you? Do you want fear ruling you? Do you want poverty ruling you? Do you want circumstances ruling you? No. The Bible says he wants you to reign. He wants you to get on top of that stuff and and be above that stuff. In fact, it says, seated in heavenly places with Christ, that you you can sort of take stock of your situation, live your best life, and put those things in place, those things that are trying to bring you down into a defeated life. God, if we could just get that, we would be awesome. Now listen, here it is again in Romans 5, 7. For if by the trespass of one man death reigned, there's a lot of death reigning out there. How many people are getting cancer? How many people are under the death throes of something? This is why we've got to give this grace away, Luke. We've got to give grace away so that people can come under the spirit of the law of the spirit of life of Christ Jesus. Come out, friend. You don't have to live in darkness. You don't have to live in the darkness of of that stuff. You can come out and live in the light of God. Man, that's where you belong. This is what we're trying to say to people and, and share with people. For if by the trespass, again, Romans 5, 7. But if by the trespass of one man death reigned through that one man, how much more will those who receive God's abundant provision... Of grace, say grace. grace and of the gift of righteousness. What is it? It's a gift of righteousness. Reign in life through the one man. Who's the one man? Jesus Christ. Nobody wants to be defeated. Nobody wants to live a defeated life. Of course not. So so, Pastor Phil, how do we do it? I got saved. Still feel like I'm under the pump somewhat. I'm gonna share with you how you can get above your situation. I hope that's cool that we we do that. Okay, two things I said there, two things. The abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness. Yeah, I guess it's worth mentioning that in the Old Testament, um, the priest would have to go into the temple... And do all this sacrificial stuff, and you know, and it was all this appeasing God through these minor religious duties. And by the way, the priest never got to sit down, it was work, 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 and that's basically what religion can be it's work, it's work, it's work, 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 it's off to work we go, it's work. But when Jesus came, he actually got to sit down because it was all done all that appeasing God in the Old Testament through religion, when he came and paid the price through the cross, he said, it is finished. It's done. Forget the hard work. Forget trying to work your way and achieve your way. Just receive grace. You don't have to achieve this. You cannot. It's unmerited. It's undeserved. You just got to put your hands out and put your hand up like the story I said last week when I'd been taken out off Manly Beach in 1968 and I was completely, completely way out and when I realized that I was too embarrassed to put my hand up and I could see the, because I used to like going out beyond everyone as any good 10 year old boy does. He's out there and floating out there and waiting for the next wave and of course something happened, I got taken out by a rip and I found myself way out and I went, Uh, oh my goodness Um, yeah uh, let's think about I'm a good swimmer I'll give this a shot I'm really far away but could be about half a K away but I'll give it my best shot because no way am I going to put my hand up no way and so you know what I mean I started but you know what I think I quickly realized I'm not going anywhere and then the bearded man came in. the bearded man who's that bearded man he came out. He said, you right, son. I said, no. He said, why didn't you put your hand up? I said, I'm not sure. And then the lifesaver was right behind him. The lifesaver grabbed me. And I said, no, it's okay. I'll swim back with you, Mr. Lifesaver. He said, no, you don't. Get on your back. You're coming with me. And he dragged me all the way back because he was attached to a big... Dragged me through the crowd, through the kids, through the ladies, the girls. Kids pull. Dragged me, dragged me. Demoralized. I ran off that beach never to return till the next day. That's literally what salvation is, do you know what? Yeah. Salvation is not oh you're the life saver. I, yeah, I teach me how to, to get, teach me how to swim. You don't need a teacher when you're drowning. You need a savior. You need a savior, right? You don't need to tell you someone, oh you shouldn't have done that, you shouldn't have did this. That's your own silly fault. Look where you are now. No, you just need to you need to sweep and get the arms of Jesus around you and take you back to the shore of his great love. And that's exactly what happened to me. So salvation cannot be earned. You've got to cop it, sweep, receive salvation and live in that reality that it was a completely free gift of God's mercy, God's grace, God's love. That you did not deserve it. Absolutely didn't deserve it. Okay. Hebrews ten twelve, But when the priest had offered all that one-time sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right. Who's the priest? That's our Jesus. He paid that price that separated us from God. He sat down at the right hand of God. Since that time, he waits for his enemies to be made his footstool because by one sacrifice, he has made perfect forever those who are being made holy. It's perfectly done. The sacrifice is done. All we got to do is receive it it's completely done. You don't have to work it out. You don't have to pray hard. You don't have to do whatever. You just have to stand in the great light of God's love and receive the divine attributes, the divine nature of God. What's the divine nature of God? The divine nature of God is that he is spirit. So this is a spiritual thing. God is spirit. He's a spiritual being. Once you realize that, you start to you you, you got to open your spirit up to God. And only your soul will help you do that. Because your soul can actually stop you receiving spiritually. Your soul can not want to receive God by spirit. There's some people that don't want to even be connected by their spirit to God. But then they can't even be saved. But I know this, that God is spirit. And he's people worshipping in spirit and truth. And then, of course, God is light. The light is God's purifying light of, of his great love that nowhere sin cannot abide. His love is pure and it comes down and you can stand in that light and abide in that light if you come out of the, the darkness. 1 John nine says you can walk in the light if you come out of sin. If you don't deceive yourself and come out of sin, you can live in the light. So there's two wonderful attributes from God that you're residing in. The other one is His love. His great love. His awesome love is, has come through Jesus. And now through the cross of Calvary can be extended through every creature on the earth. Including our neighbors, our friends, our workmates and everyone. God's great love is available through Christ. Do you know what I'm saying? Now, this love has mercy. Meaning, he's just, man, he's, he's sad for you, sorry for you. And he, he reaches out to you. The other thing is, His grace. There's grace in this great love. The grace is his, is his undeserved favor towards you, my friend. Absolutely towards you. No matter what you've done, who you are, the drug addict, the alcoholic, this guy, that guy. His love is unbridled to everyone. It's whether they receive that or not. This is grace. And grace comes to us as a free gift. Undeserved, unmerited. You cannot achieve it. You cannot earn it you just got to receive it. You just got to look that lifesaver in the eye and say, okay, take me in. Ephesians two four. but because of his great love for us, God who is rich in mercy made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. What is it? It is by grace you've been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms. That means we're not groveling down in our circumstances of life. We are seated with Him. We're actually resting in Him. When He sat down at the right hand of the Father after the great work He did on the cross, He sat, it's completed, it's finished, it's done. No more religion. It's just straight up relationship with my people for whoever want it. No more religion. No more jumping through hoops. No more smoking things and whatever and, you know... Speaking in Elizabethan language and thou, thou, you know, forget all that. It's just you, and the brutal honesty that God loves you completely. Will you receive it? Do you want it? Can you, you know? Do you want this? Or some people actually like to jump through hoops. Some people actually like to do religion, and that's fine. If that can get them to God, well, can. Okay, here it is here. So we're seated. Now, when I say talk about seated, I'm talking about resting in God. So what comes to my mind there? Psalm 91, resting under the almighty, resting under the shadow of the almighty God. Psalm 91. What about John 15, abiding in the vine? If you abide in the vine, if you rest in him, if you abide in him, you can ask anything and it will be done, the Bible says. It's about chilling out with God, chillaxing, as they say now. It's about resting in his presence. Why do we go on about presence? What do you guys go on about presence? Because uh, God is spirit and his presence, which you can't see, is here. We can feel it. We're loving it. We're getting blessed. You should come. You should get some of this. It's awesome. How do you do it? You've you, you got to stand in the light. You've got to come out of the shadows, out of the darkness. Why? Because oh, that's sin. It can't stand, It can't stand here. It's got to accept Jesus as Lord of your life. You've got to be forgiven of every sin. You've got to do that. Oh, you mean if I come out the front and give my life to Jesus? Yeah, that's exactly it, man. He'll just do the job, bang, one hit, and you'll be forgiven. And you can stand in the light, walk in the light, live in the light. And uh, you can do that. And then guess what? Love is knocking on your door perpetually after that. You know, some people get stuck at this place of being born again like an infant But they never come into the love of God. It'd be like Tash Eagles' baby, just the baby's there. The the precious boy, isn't it? It's a precious boy, and he's saying, "Man, I I know I'm alive. I want to come out now. And can I can I come out now? I wouldn't mind some more love. I wouldn't wouldn't mind some more cuddles, and I wouldn't mind having a look. You know, man, I wouldn't mind receiving some of this this life abundance that." God's displayed through all his creation and glory. I wouldn't mind some of that. Look, it's fine in here. I'm digging it. I'm enjoying it, but getting kind of squeezy in here. Man, I need to get out and I need to get in to grace. It's like the pot plant yesterday. Julie bought some pot plants and some bigger pots. We took the two trees that were on the front of my veranda and we took them out of these smaller pots and the roots had all meshed in and it was horrible. It was, it was like, it was, it was horrible. Uh, it sort of turned in on itself and, and then the Lord said to me, that's exactly how some Christians can be if they don't get planted in the, in the Lord's soil of His love. And man, I'm digging this. I'm no gardener, but I'm actually loving this. I'm saving these two plants now. So man, Look at these poor unfortunate things. I'm going to show some mercy and grace. I'm going to help Julie now. And I'm going to, oh man, it was so invigorating to do that. Put them in that soil into the bigger pot so that they can grow. Do you know what? A lot of Christians need to get their lives into the grace of God, into the love of God, into the soil of His love. You need to come into the presence and begin to to soak up the bigger life that God has for you. You need to soak up the more grace, the mercy, the love. You need to soak that up. Oh, yeah. Oh, imagine those plants. I'm looking at them on my front veranda now. They go, man, now we're talking. Gee, let's really give this a go. Let's really, woo way Yippee. Yeah, come on. You know, rather than, Oh, I'm saved. I go to church. Yeah, I'm in a pot plant. And yeah, but man, oh, it's so damn uncomfortable. I was better off not not here. (laughs) When you get into grace, the Bible says, nearly done. The Bible says this grace is God's empowering spirit. Paul said the grace was the power to live the life, to continue the journey on towards God. It's our power source. It's our guidance. The grace of God is how we're plugged in constantly in God. You've got to live in that grace land. You've got to live in grace land. You've got to come out. You've got to come out and into the grace land. It's like a door, man. You've got to come in, into the rest of God. And you've got to... Thank you, Jesus. You've got to come into this presence. Let's have some music. God bless you. You've got to come into this rest. You've got to come into this place where God can truly bless you and grow you. Who feels stunted in the Lord? The law of the spirit of life towards you, my friend. The law of the Spirit. The law is undeserved favor, is deserved favor. When you obey the commandments perfectly, you will be blessed. Grace is the undeserved favor. Jesus obeyed perfectly, and you will be blessed by receiving him. And in Jesus' name you will receive all the benefits. Psalm 103, verse 1. Psalm 103, chapter 103, verse 1. Praise the Lord. Oh, my soul, let's all stand. God bless you. All my inmost being, praise His holy name. Do you know what the Bible says in 1 Corinthians fifteen thirty four? The Word of God says, Awake to righteousness and sin not. You know, when you have this full-blown encounter with God, you don't want to sin. You want to give glory to God. I said this, that sin, that, that grace doesn't give you license to sin. Man, he's saying you don't have to pray. You don't have to do any of those things. No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying this. When you receive grace, the undeserved favor of God's salvation for your life, when you receive that, stand in that, live that out, walk that out, it's then when you can actually live this Christian life. And you can even do so much more for God. Because the Bible says this. In 1 Corinthians 15.34, awake to righteousness and sin not. I did have another scripture that said something to the effect that this grace does have an effect on your life. It actually blesses you with, I guess, the ability to live the Christian life and as, and again the benefits are Psalm 103 verse 1 praise the Lord O my soul all my inmost being praise his holy name praise the Lord O my soul and forget not all his benefits Jesus through your grace you can heal me you can bless me you can forgive me you can lift every burden from me let's just close our eyes let's lift our hands to the Lord right now Jesus, through your grace, you can transform my life. Jesus, through your grace of compassion and goodness and love that is forming towards me right now, dear God in heaven, right now, you are knocking on the door of my heart with your great love through your son, Jesus. Right now, every heart in this house oh God, there is a knock from heaven from Jesus. And the great gift that he perfected through the cross is knocking on every door of every heart in this place. So right now, in Jesus' name, with eyes closed and hands held high, I declare in this house, there is a love revolution. That the gospel is a gospel of grace. That the gospel is a gospel of grace, of the great love of God for His people, His children, His precious people. So Lord, right now, as you begin to open your heart and if God and as God is beginning to communicate with you by His Spirit, I say this: receive grace right now. Receive it unto your heart. Receive it. Receive it right now. Just say this, Lord Jesus. I receive this free gift of grace. Into my life. Into my heart. I receive grace right now. You're undeserved. You're unmerited. Favor of blessings. Of goodness. Of mercy. Of kindness. The Bible says his kindness leads us to repentance. His kindness leads us to repentance. God so powerfully loved the world. That he gave his only begotten son who he loved and cherished. God is the lover. Jesus is the loved. And the Holy Spirit is the love of God. Lord, I'm praying now that your great love would fill this auditorium.